now I get to introduce Shannon, who magically appears. <laughs> Teleportation is awesome. Um, we love Shannon. She's amazing. And she uh, she's blessed by God, and now we get to be blessed by her. And Excellent. Here you are. Good morning. Oh, good morning. I think I've met some of you. I'm Shannon Smith, and um, that is my husband, Jody, and our daughter, Addie, our youngest. And we are from Somerville, South Carolina. But um, we were here, what, about six weeks ago? Yeah, when you guys had the Father Heart Conference, the A School, I was on team with Father Heart Ministries, and we came in and had such a wonderful time. Um, just ministering this revelation of God as our Father and how much He loves us. So yeah, so thank you so much for having me here. Actually, I was gonna say the caroling was really fun this morning. I was in the back and at first I was like, oh yeah, this is karaoke, this should be interesting. And then when I started to get into it, I was like, this is actually fun. You know, I was gonna tell Jody, maybe we should get a karaoke machine. But I have a feeling like I would be the only one in the house doing it in Addie. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, let me pray. So why don't we just close our eyes for a moment? Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. Yeah, thank you, Father. I just thank you that um, your heart is for everyone here. And I just thank you, Father, that even right now you are opening the eyes of our heart to receive what you have for us today. Yeah, and as I was sitting in the back, I just kept hearing this phrase that I am safe. I am safe, and I just thank you, Father, that you are a God that is safe, that makes us feel safe and secure, that we don't have to be afraid, but you're always with us. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. All right, so I wanted to start off this morning in Matthew 1. Can I get a little bit more light? Just a little bit. Is that okay? No, we don't have more light? It's okay. I know the ambiance is nice, guys, but I can't read. <laughs> so I just need a little bit. Thank you. Much better. Now you can see me. <laughs> so let's start off with Matthew 1, 18 through 24. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph, oh, whoops, but after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this morning, I just really want to focus on verse 22. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Wow. God with us. You know, there's this conversation, you know, I was thinking about it like a year ago, and I just felt like the Lord was really speaking to me about the fact that there is this conversation that um, God has actually been having with humanity since the very beginning, since the garden. And this conversation keeps coming up over and over and over again. And he's having this conversation with humanity because there is a question that they're asking in their heart. And it's not just a question from Christians, but it's a question from non-Christians. It's a question from atheist, Muslim, Jew, white, black, <laughs> Gentile. But this question just keeps resonating in their heart. And it's not a question that is blatantly asked amongst one another. It's mostly one that's quiet. You know the quiet questions that you have in your heart? The ones that you ponder over? And I really believe that those questions are the ones that are sometimes the deepest ones. But there's this question that they're having. And I believe God in his love is wanting to answer this question because actually he is the answer and that's why he came. His coming was the answer to this question. That question that humanity is asking is, am I alone? You know? Sometimes I can look at people and nothing is being said, but I can look into their eyes and the situation that's going on with them and what's happening on the inside is they're feeling like, am I alone? Am I doing this alone? Why does this feel so hard? And to be honest, sometimes even when I look in the mirror, I can see that question in me. And I can also see sometimes throughout my life where I've made decisions and I've done things just because I was feeling alone and I was feeling lonely. And I believe this question that comes up has nothing to do with being an extrovert or being an introvert, whether you're bold, whether you have confidence, whether you have all the knowledge. I believe it's just something that resonates. I believe it's something that could have even started in our mother's womb. Or maybe as a child, something that was said, we could have felt like, wow, like I feel this separation. I, I can feel alone in this sometimes. But actually, with questions, they always start somewhere, right? But this question started in the beginning. It actually started in the garden, the Garden of Eden. And I kind of want to look at that for a while this morning. And then my heart this morning is to move forward and show you where God has come to show you that he is Emmanuel, God with us. And I believe this morning his heart is to come and to touch any place that is hidden that might feel lonely, that might feel, I feel kind of alone in this situation. Amen? Amen. So why don't we turn to Genesis chapter 3. If you have your Bibles or your phones, either one works great. As you know, in the garden... God created the garden, and then he created man, and then he created woman. And Father, Son, and Spirit created all things beautiful, and they wanted to share their love with us. Like there was this beautiful relational love 
they were like, let's create this because I want to I wanna share this with humanity. So they created the garden. So here's Adam and Eve, and they're living in the garden with God. But as you know, when you read in chapter 3 during the fall, there's somebody else in the garden. It's that serpent, that, that snake, that sneaky snake. But actually the thing about Satan, he wasn't scary or he wasn't a snake. He was actually quite beautiful. And I've heard stories, there's multiple stories where I've heard people who have had dreams or encounters where they've had a dream and, and they've met this being that seems quite beautiful and luring and um, jewels and it's almost mesmerizing. You see, Satan was not this scary creature that we're told when we're young, you know? He was actually quite beautiful. It says in Ezekiel 28, the prophet Ezekiel writes the account of what happened in heaven when God casted Satan out. He says, your heart, this is what God says to Satan, your heart became proud on account of your beauty. Wow. And, your, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So you see, here's Adam and Eve in this garden, and then there's this being who's quite beautiful. You know, And so they start having this conversation with Adam and Eve. And when I think of this conversation before Adam and Eve um, ate the fruit, if I could give a title for this conversation, I would call it a conversation of separation. He started this conversation. That was his ultimate goal, even before they ate the fruit. In Genesis 3.5, it says this, For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know, it's funny because in the King James Version, it says, And ye shall be as gods. Let me read that again. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, the thing about the Trinity, about the Godhead, when they created the garden, they wanted to just dwell with humanity. And their ultimate goal was to make sure they felt loved and they felt like they were in, they were with them, they were together. And right here, this is what Satan is trying to say. He's trying to say, if you eat this fruit, you will be like God. So here's, here's kind of a picture. So here is Adam, and he's with God. God's in him. He's around him. He's there. He's in love. And Satan says, if you come and eat this fruit, just eat this piece of fruit, then you will be like him. And when someone says you will be like something, you're no longer in him. You're separate. You will be like God. In the King James Version, it says, and ye shall be as gods. If you eat that fruit, you will be like a god. And so Satan, he wanted them to believe that they were separate. Even before they ate the fruit, he wanted them to believe that they were no longer part of who God was. He was saying, you're not in him. Here is God, and here is you. You see, Satan knows separation, doesn't he? He's been separate from God for a very long time. He's the original orphan. 
He is the one that decided to leave the one whom is love. And so he's in the garden having this conversation with Adam and Eve, convincing them to eat this, if they eat this fruit, they'll see like God. But actually his heart, what he wanted, was for them to feel separate. And I know that even on this earth today, there's a lot of things that happen like infirmity and death and all the things that I know that Satan tries to come in and, and have credit for. But I honestly believe that his ultimate goal on this earth is to make us feel separated from God. That is what he wants us to do. That is his ultimate goal. He does not want us to feel like we're part of the one whom is love. So what does that look like? What does it look like to feel, what, what does it look like to live from a place of feeling alone? I know for me, sometimes what that would look like is walking into a crowded room and knowing people in it, walking into a crowded room and kind of feeling alone, maybe kind of feeling like, um, do I belong, right? Sometimes feeling alone can look like, I'm trying to articulate how I feel. I'm trying to use these words. This is what's going on in my life. And I just feel like they're not getting me. They're not understanding me. And in that place, that can feel kind of lonely. I know when Addie was um, growing up, when she was little, about two years old, you know, two-year-olds can get frustrated, right? <laughs> they can get frustrated. And they want to say how they're feeling but they cannot get it out. So sometimes that can be used with bodily functions or loud voices or whatever that is. But they're trying to find a way to say, I don't feel right here, right? And when I look back, I think, wow, how frustrating that must be to not be able to articulate how you're really feeling, to be able to say the words that you're trying to say. And then I look at us as adults, and we do the same thing sometimes, right? <laughs> There's also, I mean, obviously, during this time, in the last few years, we've had to deal with this whole outbreak, with, the, with everything changing, with COVID. I know when no one was meeting, I know people felt really alone. They felt lonely, you know? or maybe the differences that people have, whether they believe in one thing or believe in another, or political views. In that place, when there's not a mutual agreement, people can feel really frustrated and alone in that. But the thing about being alone is that what it really is, is it feels like there's no contentment. Like no matter how hard you try, you're trying to find this contentment, and, and it just seems like you keep looking for it. And I had found personally for myself, like even in my relationships, like let's say with my marriage with Jody, what would happen is that if there was something in me that wasn't feeling like I belong or feeling like I was accepted, what I would do is I'd have this expectation for him to fill something that wasn't his job to fill. Or for my kids, like I would expect my kids to love me with what I needed because I was needing something that I, they couldn't fill and I thought I needed from them. Or maybe in my church family, maybe there would be moments that I would get offended with people because I wanted them to be a certain way or do a certain thing or respond a certain you know, way in something. 
and they didn't meet that and I would feel that not belonging feeling. But one of the biggest ones was my relationship with God. I was finding myself, you know, saying things like, God, will you touch me one more time? Will you come and touch me one more time? Will you come and do something one more time in my heart? You know, I was thinking recently that how, how big is this issue? And you can hear it in everyday life. And I was thinking about music. Like, there's so many songs that are out there. I mean, there are some Christian songs. But even out, like, what the whole world is listening to, like, there's different songs that talk about how lonely they are. Like, um, there's that, I was talking to Jody on the way, there's that one song, um, Hank Williams, I'm so lonesome I could cry. Right? I'm so lonesome I could cry. Or you hear the Beatles songs and they're singing about, how, you know, how lonely they are. And then I remembered there was a song in the 90s by Michael Jackson, and it was a huge hit, and he sang, I remember seeing a video out of Munich, Germany, and he sang this song, and, it, and the lyrics went, you are not alone, I am here with you. And he would sing this, you are not alone, I am here with you. And you would watch this video, and these girls, of course, are screaming because it's Michael Jackson, but they're crying, and he's singing to them, you are not alone, I am here with you. And I'm watching this video, and I could just feel God's presence, and I just thought, in their heart, why are they crying? Why are they crying out? What are they feeling? And so you look around you and you can see this question that's starting to come up out of people. And whether it's in art, whether it's in singing, whether it's in dance, you can see this question and God is wanting to come. He is wanting to come and touch the heart of this. I'm sure you could think of a lot more questions. But the beauty of it, one of the things that I love about... Um, one of my favorite books in the entire, well, probably in the, it might change in this season, but right now, one of the books that I keep reading over and over that I absolutely love is the book of Ephesians. I just love the Apostle Paul. You know, you can, even before he starts addressing the church in Ephesians in chapter one, he has this revelation. It is like he is saying, this is the epicenter of all things. And he starts getting, if you read chapter one, you almost feel like he's about to jump out of his chair. He is so excited about this revelation that God the Father gave him, this revelation of who he is. And the thing about Paul is I really believe that part of his ministry was to reveal to the world who they were in him because he knew what they were feeling. He knew, he addressed the Jews and the Gentiles. He knew what was going on in their hearts. And he just comes running out of the gates with this revelation. <laughs> so let's go there, Ephesians 1, 3 through 5. Praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined, chosen for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. 
In the New Living Translation, it says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. In the Passion Translation, it says, and he chose us to be his very own. Joining us to himself, even before he laid the foundation of the universe, because of his great love, he ordained us that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unsustained innocence. So here comes Paul going to the Ephesus church. And before he talks about false prophets, before he talks about how to run the church, he says, I need you to know something. Before you were created, before you were created, you were on his heart. You were in him. You were predestined to be his son before you even lifted your little pinky to do something for his kingdom. You were his. And it was a foundation that Paul wanted the church to know. He wanted them to know that they were in him. You were predestined in him, in Christ. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, thank you, Father. We are not separated from this love. We are not separated from this love. We were predestined to be in him. And of course, Paul was just following Jesus' example, right? You know, throughout, throughout scripture, we can see where Jesus says, you are not alone. That is why I came. You know, when we were talking about Emmanuel, I wrote it down earlier. One of the um, carols that we were singing, one of the verses says, Oh, come to us. Abide with us, Emmanuel. Oh, come to us. Abide in us, Emmanuel. Matthew one twenty-two. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Bethlehem took place, Jesus coming to fulfill what the prophet said. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus came not only for your sins. He didn't just come to take your sins. He also came to bring you in a relationship of God with us. He came to bring you in a relationship with God the Father and the Anointed One, the beautiful Holy Spirit. John 14, 20. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. I'm not kidding you. If I was with Jesus in that moment and that's the only thing that he said to me, I would be good for the rest of my life. If the eyes of love looked at me and just said to me, Shannon, on that day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Can you imagine if we could just live from that? What it would be like to be able to wake up every morning and really believe in the depths of who we are, the truth of that. Mm. John 14, 23, my father will love them and we will come to them and we will make our home in them. My father will love them and we will come to them 
and we will make our home in them. We will make our home in that. You know, Paul, Jesus, I mean, obviously Jesus knew, but Paul saw this love, this love that they have. You know, in the A school, we talk a lot about this trend, not a lot, but there's a good, there's a few, a few teachings that we talk about this Trinitarian love. And um, I think what I wanted to do was just take a moment and do a little example. So can I get three volunteers? Who would, can I get a volunteer? Anyone, you know, raise your hand. I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna make you juggle. Why don't you come on up? Why don't you come on, can you come up? Yes. <laughs> RJ, why don't you come up too? And you can come up too. I need one more person. Yep. Okay. Oh. Oh. Excuse me. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. So why don't you three, three? That's not good. Why don't you three? Get in line. He'll be fine. He's got this. Right. Right. But Paul saw something of this. So there's this Trinitarian love that he is trying to bring to the church before he says anything else. So RJ is Jesus. And what is your name? Alex, Alex is the father, right? And what is your name? Brielle. Gabrielle is the Holy Spirit. She's giggling. You know, earlier when I was in the back, she walked by me and just giggled. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so cute. And then what's your name? Nancy. Nancy, I'm gonna have you stand right here, okay? So here's Paul. Jesus knows of this love. So here's this trinity. I want you guys to get in a circle. Come get in a circle. God with us. You guys can hold hands, right? And here's this beautiful relationship of the trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. Here they are since the beginning of time. She's right there, right? She just let, let Holy Spirit do her thing, right? Thank you, Father. And here's Jesus Here's the Holy Spirit, and here's the Father, and they are living since before creation. I'm sorry, what was your name again? Nancy. Nancy. Nancy, Nancy. Okay, so here they are, and before creation, you know, Jesus, Father, and Spirit, they just start talking about Nancy, because, you know, before creation, you were predestined to be in him. So just say, oh, Nancy, we love Nancy. Oh, we love Nancy. She's beautiful. She's amazing. She's got great hair, very outgoing. Amazingly creative. And then they just start saying how much they love her. I love her so much. Very adorable. Oh, my love for her is everlasting and never changes or fails. She is amazing. And then all of a sudden, she's born. And here comes Nancy. And all of a sudden, she's in this you're in him no you're going to come inside right and here she is living in this trinitarian love right because that's what paul was saying before you do anything this is where you're going to live you're in him and all of a sudden she's sitting there and then she starts her heart starts to open and she realizes oh my goodness this whole time i've lived in him and she starts hearing these things again the father says she's adorable you are beautiful. I love you so much. And all of a sudden, the three of them just start repeating over and over again. I love you. I love you. Wow. 
look at this. This is what Paul was saying before you were even created. All they're doing is saying, I love you. And this is where he wanted us to live. This is what it was like in the garden all of the time. Nancy, what, is that, what would it feel like to wake up tomorrow morning, just wake up and you knew this in your heart? I think it's just a, a feeling of freedom that there's really nothing to worry about because you're just, you can't fail. You can't, you can just relax and do what he created you to do. Isn't that beautiful? Why don't you just spend like 30 more seconds telling her how much she's loved. <laughs> So as they're saying that, look at them. They are so relational. They share everything. They live in this fellowship of love. Mm -hmm. They live in this fellowship of love. Just give me one moment. Jesus is saying, come and we will make our home in you. You see, this relationship is not new. Like I said, it's been around for a while. These three have never been separated. The problem is throughout the church, we've separated them. We assume only one comes. We assume only the Father comes to this meeting. We assume only Jesus comes to this meeting. We assume that only Holy Spirit comes to the meeting. But I'm going to tell you something right now. They're all here. In this room right now, the Trinitarian Godhead is together as one in this room. Right here, right now. And this is it. This is how beautiful, this is how simple it is. This is how wonderful it is. This is who they are. They are the perfect example of family. I always like to look at them as the divine family, right? There's no abandonment in this family, guys. You are not, there's none. There's no, there's not even a vocabulary word for this. We are designed to be relational. This is how he created us. We're not made to be separate or alone. In Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and move and have our beings. That verse means a whole nother thing now, does it not? For in him we live and move and have our beings. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. What's your name? Annette. Annette wanted to say something. Yes. Yeah. Nancy's my daughter. Most people here know that. But I wanted to share something with you. I was not supposed to be able to conceive when I had Nancy. I already had a baby that was seven months old when I got pregnant with her. And I was very, very unhappy at having gotten pregnant again that soon, <laughs> or forever. I wasn't going to have any more children. But she was planned by God long before I was even a Christian. I didn't know God. I didn't want him to have anything to do with my life. And look at this. 
look at this. <laughs> Thank you. The, 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 the addendum to that is that I believe that every single person mm -hmm. is conceived that way. Mm -hmm. They were planned by God. That's right. Amen. Not by human effort. That's right. We think it's us doing it. <laughs> it surely was not me doing this. <laughs> I was doing everything I could to prevent <laughs> having this. <laughs> right. But it was him. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Nancy. You know, I love I, I love what um I really love what Baxter Kruger says. He says it's amazing what twenty seconds of love can do. I mean, she was up here for more than 20 seconds. And the beauty of it was, was you got what was in you guys also was coming out, you know, because he's in you. The, trin the Trinitarian love was coming out of you. It's amazing what 20 seconds of love can do. Revelation 21, 3 through 4, this is what Jesus says. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall, be, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. <laughs> In the Passion it says, now God himself will have his home with them. He will be the God with them. Wow. Mm. You know, coming, in, coming into this revelation of a love like that, coming into a revelation of a love like that, being loved, um, even personally for myself, realizing that I'm, a, I'm not alone, sometimes can also be really hard. It can be hard. Um, I can still struggle. I struggle with it. Jody and I were having this conversation yesterday about love. You know, and you think about love, you know, the feeling love, and everybody says it's mushy and wonderful, but love can also be a lot of hard work, right? And there's some pain in love, too. You know, when you start noticing the things that you're doing that, that are um, not really an attribute of what love is. And then you have to work through it. And then there's where the pain comes, right? Hmm. Where it comes and you have to realize, hey, maybe I didn't handle that okay. And I think the biggest thing for me, you know, even with my family, it can hurt. Like even, you know, like let's say with Addie, you know, as parents, we're not perfect. So we have our intense moments, right? <laughs> There's these moments that come up and we think that we're, you know, we'd rather be right than be in a relationship. And these moments come up, you know, and it feels intense. And so when she looks at me and she'll say to me, hey, mom, that felt kind of intense. And I'll say... And about 10 minutes later, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that was kind of intense. You know? Like, it's hard. But in that moment of 
realizing that I'm wrong. It's the biggest place where Satan tries to come in, and then he says, Shannon, you're alone. You know, she'll never want to be close to you. Or you shouldn't have said it to that person, or maybe you shouldn't have handled it that way. You know, it's over. And that's how sneaky he is. I mean, that's what he was saying before they even ate the fruit. You know, before they even ate the fruit, he was trying to convince them of this. You know, but also what I'm starting to realize is in this revelation of love, the more that I become like a little child, you know, Jesus says that, to enter the kingdom of heaven, all you have to do is to come like a little child. And so what that looks like for me is in those moments, I'll just say, you know, I, I don't feel safe. Or I feel like I was wrong to the one whom is safe. Because that's what he said in the beginning of our meeting. I am safe. And I think the biggest hurdle for me in all of this to realize that I am living here, I'm living here in this revelation, I think the biggest thing is to be able to go to him like a little child and, you know, you know, Papa, I, I messed up on that. Will you just come and love me? And I'm sorry. And the more that that's been happening for me, the more that that little lie that he's been trying to say since the beginning of creation, I'm not listening to it anymore. It's a song that I don't hear. And what I love about this is it's not something that I, um, it wasn't a list of things that I had to do to understand this. It wasn't like 20 scriptures that I needed to read every single day and then I'll get it. What happens now is that I'm realizing that he's loving me all of the time. You know, Romans 5, 5. Through his spirit, he pours his love into our heart. And that scripture means all of the time. Even when you're not feeling it, God, God's spirit, his love is pouring into your heart all of the time. Amen? Yeah. And so I'm just realizing that that is all I need to do is to be like a little child. And I was really thinking about this nativity story. And I was thinking about the wise men. And I was thinking about the shepherds. And I believe those shepherds were some rough guys. I believe they were out in the field, swearing, doing their thing, taking care of the sheep. And then the angels come. And then there's the wise men who really were like astrologists. If you look up that word, they weren't Christian wise men. They were astrologists. They were following their own way. But the beauty of the Bethlehem story is these rough shepherds and these astrologists follow a star and a word and they fall at the feet of a baby in a manger. And I just thought, gosh, Jesus is the most beautiful example of vulnerability. Look how he came. He came to show us what it's like. And not even that, he came to show us that we're in him all of the time. He even loves humanity so much, he wanted humanity to take care of him when he was a baby. 
I mean, come on, the God, the King, wanted humanity to take care of him. That's how much he loves us. Wow, that's how much he trusts us. I mean, just, just the beauty of that story. I mean, I keep thinking just about how wonderful Bethlehem was. I mean, of course, there's the cross, and we do look at the cross, and, and we do look at the fact that our sins were taken away, but I think a pivotal point was also Bethlehem, the example. That whole 30-year span was just this story of love. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as I was getting ready this morning, I just really felt like God wanted to come and he wanted to come into our hearts, even into my heart. <laughs> I said, if there's any place in my heart, please come. <laughs> but he's coming into our hearts this morning just to maybe reveal to us where are those places where we might have felt alone or maybe where we have felt um, like we don't belong or maybe where it doesn't feel safe. But I believe Emmanuel is coming this morning to show us this. And the beauty of this is that all we have to do is be like a little child. And so I just want to take a minute, you know, if you just want to close your eyes for a moment. And I just want to pray. I'm just going to pray what's on my heart, but what's the beauty about your relationship with him is it's individual, so you just say whatever you want to him. I'm not going to tell you what to say because you have your own relationship with him. Yeah. Yeah, so Father, thank you. Father, thank you that you have loved us since before you even created the world, that we were predestined to be in you. And Father, Son, and Spirit, I just ask as you walk around this room, as you're in this room, that you just come and you just touch the areas of our heart that maybe that we have felt alone, maybe where we have felt abandoned, rejected. And I even see him coming and he's just pointing his finger to areas where maybe family has said things to you that you thought, is this ever going to be resolved? Is this ever going to get better? Will we ever be in relationship again? I even see he's coming in where people might have, you know, in different areas of their ministry or things that they were doing for the kingdom and they just felt like they did not hear me. They did not hear what I was trying to do. They misunderstood me. Yeah, I just feel like Father, Son, and Spirit are coming this morning because they want to minister to misunderstanding. Wow. Father, Son, and Spirit are coming to minister to misunderstanding. I see them coming and wanting to touch marriages. They're coming to, to just wrap their arms around it where it feels distant, where it feels lonely, where maybe you're um, in a relationship and it just feels really lonely and I don't feel connected. And I just have this sense that God wants to come and connect with you. And in that connection, he's going to bring you in to this beautiful, new, established relationship with your loved one. 
and he sees that. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, and I just see mothers and fathers. I see maybe parents that have just, you felt like did not parent well. Mothers and fathers that you felt completely rejected, like they didn't understand what you believed or what, whether they're gone now or whether they're still here. They just did not understand. I just feel like I see the Trinity coming in and they're wanting to reparent you right in that place. They're wanting to come and reparent maybe what was not done right. They are Emmanuel. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Spirit. Emmanuel. Let your love just continue to pour into each individual heart to the very fullest. Let them have a tangible expression of you loving them right now. And I almost see as we're ending, I just see that he is going to start to show you where he is for you right here and right now. And Paul talks about that. Where is the God right here and right now? And even right now, he's going to show you whether he is behind you, whether he's in front of you, whether he's to the right, to the left, whether he's underneath you. He may be above you. You can feel him in you. But as you leave today for this holiday season, you're going to experience this God in a new way, in a new tangible way. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Amen.